Hello everybody and welcome to the Semi-Pro Podcast. My name is Josh Clements, or Brit Edit. And I am Dalton Barrett, a.k.a. Barrett Digital. We are happy to be back for another normal episode of the podcast. We're not watching any movies this time. Um, we're just going to talk, we're, I mean, we're going to talk about movies cause that's all we ever talk about anymore. This is basically a film podcast, by the way, <laughs> <laughs> but we we're, let's see, uh, we got some stuff we're going to get into the, the main kind of chunk of this is going to be, uh, just us talking about movies that, or, or TV shows, or even some video games that we would recommend during, um, during your, if you're still quarantined during your quarantine, that kind of stuff. Um, if you're not, just in general, just some stuff to check out for sure. Uh, we also we're also going to talk a little bit about uh, probably one of the most controversial pieces of news that has popped up in the last week or so, and uh, that is the Chad, the King, Robert Pattinson. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> just some some of the comments that he made. So I guess let's uh, let's roll the intro, and then we'll talk about our 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 buddy Pat Bat on the other side of this. So Robert Pattinson refuses to work out constantly for the Batman role because he quote doesn't want to set a precedent, which I think I think is absolutely hilarious. Um, I love the reaction that this got from people more more so even than the quote itself. I love how people have reacted to this. Um, it's everything surrounding the Batman, uh, everything surrounding Robert Pattinson as Batman has been hilarious, you know, cause he's the twilight guy and he's like, it's like, he's saying all this almost like to set himself up for failure so that when he is great in the role, like it, it's almost like he's setting people up and I just, I love everything about it. Cause there's no way this isn't a joke. Uh, oh yeah, no. I mean, if you ever look at Pattinson's sort of track record, I suppose he he has a history of whenever he goes into an interview or whatever for a, a movie, he just doesn't care about it whatsoever, and he just he jokes around. And I think a lot of people are taking this quote super seriously, and it's so funny to me because they they just don't read the article, and in the article. Like later on in the article, he talks about he wants to make fast food pasta a thing because he no one's cornered that market yet. And it's like you're reading this article and you're just thinking, you can't take, you won't work out seriously and then ignore everything else that he says in it. It's so beautiful. Uh, so, so beautiful. I also think you can go back to, because they've already started filming this movie. So what he looked like at the time when they started filming is what he's going to look like as they continue filming. And I, I don't know if you remember those um, those uh, photos of him jogging that were around a while back. But, uh, I mean, he's in pretty good shape. I don't think Batman has to be huge, you know? Like, I'm not... Because um, Christian Bale got pretty big... Um, but I'm also not, I don't know if we're going to see, uh, Pattinson's Bruce Wayne, you know, like shirtless, I guess. Like, I don't, I don't expect us to see that. So I'm also not, I don't know. I don't, <laughs> I, I'm fine. However he looks, I, I, cause I think he's a good enough actor to carry that despite, um, his body, but people like, I, I don't think people understand that this whole thing was a joke. Like he was not being serious <laughs> about it and it's just it's great people's reactions to this have been incredible i i, I was talking to a friend earlier about the patents and controversy and i just i was like it made me realize he's the perfect person for the role because no one can see him as batman and he just loves like joking about everything taking nothing seriously and you look at him and you go i would not be able to see that guy as a vigilante with severe mental problems who goes out dressed as a bat and it's so amazing it's it's like the um it's uh, i'm going to compare it to chris evans as captain america right like you've got 
he's he's this guy and he was the human torch for a while and the characters he's played in movies up to this point haven't really fit in with the captain america thing but all that means is that when he hops into the role like he was perfect and now you can't see anybody else but people and i don't know if many people remember this but before that trailer came out when he was cast i mean people that's another casting that people just didn't like and there's a lot of those that you see throughout you know throughout time but it's I just find it fascinating that, like, number one, people are so invested in this movie that they're like, I mean, I've seen, I don't, I'm, I don't know if he's gotten any personally. I'm sure he has, but I've seen, you know, comments on Instagram posts about it and stuff like, like death threats towards Robert Pattinson because he made this joke about working out for the Batman, and it's like, number one, Batman does not need to be huge. And also, no, this was a joke. That's one that's kind of that's one that's kind of been uh, purported, and I, I think that's mostly because of Ben Affleck, because Affleck got a huge sort of role, and that's because he was, despite how much they tried to distance it, he was playing the Dark Knight Returns Batman. And when you're playing that form of Batman, he he's a massive hulking beast of a person. But like, you look at you look at Keaton, right? A person who in before he was cast as Batman was mostly known for rom-coms, essentially. Like, he he didn't get massively beef for the role, but he's arguably one of the most iconic versions of the character. And then, I mean, like, you don't need to be a hulking monster. You need to be agile, if anything. Like, I think that's probably the key thing. And, and part of that, part of the whole situation is... I mean, like with Keaton, you just cover that up by not having any shirtless scenes because it's an armored bat suit, and we've got another armored bat suit here, so it doesn't really matter what he looks like anyway because he's either going to be in a tuxedo or in um, or in armor. Like, why does it matter what this guy? It's kind of like the Shazam thing, Zachary Levi. It didn't really matter what he looked like because his suit was going to have a muscle suit on it, and outside of that, he was a kid. Like, we we never saw him outside of the suit, so. Uh, that's kind of the same situation I see here. There are just so many answers outside. Like people are people think that this ruins the movie. And oh yeah. Even if this wasn't a joke, like it doesn't ruin the movie because <laughs> it just ultimately just doesn't matter. Yeah, I mean it's also a thing of you know every movie has its own version, its own mythos of the Batman character, and just because. Panson's joking about not working out for the role. He's still, I mean, he could still beat me up any day, and that's an invitation if he ever listens to this. But it's it's so it's so petty in a way to focus just on the physicality of someone's looks instead of their ten years prior of acting experience, right? As you- well as not having faith in like the movie industry itself to follow through with these these ideas that they want to continue with these these casting directors have a much better grasp and a much better idea of who needs to play the role in this movie than i do or than you do <laughs> yeah, or that, than any of these people that, um, that's one that makes me laugh a lot it's like when people on reddit are like or people on reddit instagram facebook whatever they they say oh blank should have been this role blank was miscast it's like they don't just pick a guy by throwing a at a wall and then it lands on someone's headshot and they go that's our Batman like there's there's processes they have to go through interview through interview for audition 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 they look at the past of these characters they look at just the the people in general they look at how well they have chemistry with other actors in the movie like there's there's a whole whole set of routine that you have to go through and I think people just kind of ignore that because they think that the movie industry is a you jump in you do it you get out and then it's done it's just so much more than that well and and i think i don't know it's just um uh, people don't i don't think a lot of people realize how great of an actor uh pattinson is and i think tenet will help that um which is still slated to come out in july i think Provided that doesn't get pushed back, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say it probably will. I think that'll help a lot because that'll be the first kind of mainstream movie uh, he's been in in a while that'll help him show off his acting chops. I mean, it's Nolan. um, So that's you've already got 
quality there plus great great cast and so we'll we'll see what happens but i think people want him to fail um and i think we're going to see a lot of people pleasantly surprised because it's everything that comes out about this movie people seem to have a problem with i mean the suit the Batmobile, the actor, the cast, the this quote, like every single thing that surrounds it, um, people seem to just take uh, take issue with, and that's uh, to me that's getting old, because I trust I trust the director and I trust the casting director, and I'm ultimately just super excited for the movie. Yeah, I mean I think I think there's a nice bit of funny irony there, in that people think Pattinson's going to be a horrible Batman. Yeah, he's working with the director who made arguably the best Batman film and one of the best films within the last 30 years. And it's just, you look at that and you go, there's a lot of cherry picking uh, in terms of people judging actors and directors and movies in general. Well, Speaking it's... of, um, how's, how's, uh, how's quarantine treating you? What yeah. kind of movies have you been watching? Uh, it's all right. <laughs> it's going it's going pretty good i uh last thing i well first thing i did was i watched all of the bond movies in preparation for uh no time to die which then got pushed back um which is very sad <laughs> um so that was the first thing i watched and that's been a lot of fun because i have never done that before i mean i had seen a bond movie here or there but i had never seen them you know all of them all the way through so that was a neat little thing i did um, did you check out, did you happen to see Extraction when it came out a little while back? Um, I didn't see it as soon as it came out, but eventually it popped up on my Netflix so much they annoyed me into watching it. And uh, I, I was not disappointed. <laughs> Dude, it was honestly, uh, Russo, the, the Russo brothers produced that one, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. They, I mean, following Endgame, they made 21 Bridges and then they made that with both uh marvel stars right which I, is neat. I didn't have a chance to see 21 bridges um but i did see i did i did get to see extraction which i was pleasant i knew it was going to be good but i was still pleasantly surprised even though i knew it was going to be good i it it felt like a uh, bit more i don't know if i want to say more serious or more and more grounded john wick sure yeah I, it does kind of have that john wick action to it uh, yeah, and like, I'm just going to say, if you haven't seen Extraction, I'd recommend stopping the podcast and then watching Extraction. It's a good film. I think we both recommend it. I don't want. The only reason I say that is because we're probably going to get a little bit spoilerish here. Well, I'm going to try to avoid the spoilers, and I'm just going to speak in a way that I think people who have seen the movie will understand, and people who haven't won't. Um, but Chris Hemsworth is slated to star in the sequel to this movie. Um, and so, you know, anybody who has seen the movie can see, um, the irony there. Um, and I won't go into why, but I just think it's, it's very fascinating and I don't know how they're going to do that or, or pull that off, but I mean, I guess we'll see. I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, it had some, some of those tropes that I think, um, I was expecting a little more from from Netflix and specifically, you know, the Russo's producing, you know, some of that. There's some of that stuff that I just like the uh, I don't know if you noticed, but um, in a lot of those war films and, and stuff, whenever we you know, whenever in movies you go to the Middle East, they always put this like brown filter over it. Um, yeah, yeah. And this movie was no exception. And this whole movie takes place in the Middle East. So this whole movie is just brown filter. And it's like, okay, well, I, I expected maybe a little more from from the Russos, <laughs> you know. But, I mean, ultimately, it was it was a solid, well-made story. Um, and it was, it, was, yeah. it was smaller scale, which I like. Um, yeah, there's no, there's nothing, nothing in the movie is particularly, like, world in it. It's not like they have to get a virus that has the potential to kill everyone. It's very... You know, it's basically centered around one kid and a couple of mob families. But outside of that, it's very right. Like it's all very grounded again. Hey, right, and that was that was neat. Um, I'm trying to I'm trying to talk about movies that have come out this year. That's kind of what I guess the theme is. Um, well, I do want to say just about traction. Wait, I don't want to 
spoil anything definitely but it has that one scene in the alleyway with uh chris hemsworth like versus a gang right and it's quite possibly one of the funniest things i've ever seen and it's unintentionally <laughs> and I just, funny i couldn't stop cracking up like it's, I, I don't know about that i think it might be honestly know, it, my dark sense of humor is just overtaking my world no it it may it may be intended to be funny i have no idea um <laughs> but it, it no i was i was laughing the whole time the second the second that scene started i was laughing so hard and I like couldn't stop I, I mean i was pretty much cheering for it to keep happening like in like I, it, yeah i mean, I mean it was. and it was it was it was great i i think it's interesting that extraction has almost come, become like the standout movie of this year so far um only because nothing has come out um i did see uh, i i finally got around to seeing sonic the hedgehog um oh how was that i uh, i mean i the opportunity to check it out yeah it was it it was much better than it has any business being um i mean it was it was certainly not <laughs> it was certainly not some big huge groundbreaking movie but it was good and it was it was a very sweet movie um and it had a lot of heartfelt moments um and and it was it was much better than it had than a sonic the hedgehog movie had any business being which was neat I mean, it was uh, great performances all around. James Marsden is always good. Uh, Jim Carrey, even though he creeps me out as a person, he was great in that movie. He he really fit the role. Um, it was that was a fun watch. I, I I didn't. I don't regret watching it like I do a lot of movies that I see. But Sonic the Hedgehog was was really fun. Um, I know you saw Invisible Man, which is one I haven't had a chance to check out. Um, but you, you uh, yeah, talk that, pretty highly think, of it. I think that was the last, yeah, I think that was the last movie I saw before quarantine started because me, I saw it and then me and my friend, uh, we were going to go see No Time to Die, actually. Then that got pushed back. Then it was A Quiet Place 2 and then that got pushed back and we just, we realized what was coming and we were just like, I'm going to go home. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I saw Invisible Man, and I, that was really good. Uh, I, I'm a big horror buff, and it's kind of, it's getting to a point where, kind of recently, things have gone stale, because horror tends to consist of jump scares, right? And I don't think it's entirely fair to say that, because you do have movies like uh, Hereditary, Midsummer, uh, a lot of films that are trying something new and fresh, like even A Quiet Place. I really respect that, because it breathes some fresh life, and I think that's what Invisible Man did. Especially when it's based on such a classic sort of film and a classic idea. And it takes that and it updates it for the modern age, but it also keeps the same theme despite switching it completely around. And it's something that I think only Lee Winnell could do. Because, well, without spoiling anything, like the, the original deal with the idea of power driving you insane, like the power to be invisible means you could do whatever. And it's what does that do to a man? And this movie kind of does a similar thing, and it it's only it's only at the end that you kind of really catch it. And so I was really impressed to see that done in a way that didn't annoy me. Uh, plus, it is just genuinely terrifying at moments. It's it's also got probably my favourite action sequence of the year so far, and that's not saying a lot because not many movies have come out in the year so far, but. It's it's so incredibly done. And have you seen uh, oh God, Upgrade? I have not. Um, I heard about it. That, that's the one that people um, compared to Venom, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it, it came out around the same time. It was written by Lee Winnell, who uh, he also made Saw. You know, that, that franchise that's famous for torture. It's famous <laughs> but, for quality, um, is, what, is what Saw is famous for. <laughs> He he made it when it was good, um, but he made Upgrade, which is kind of like Venom in that a person gets another entity within them that takes over their body and makes them better. But it has some of the best camera work and action scenes that I've seen in a long time, and it Invisible Man gave me hints of that, which I really appreciated. Uh, I, I've also been watching Twin Peaks, which I know you're a big fan of. Yes. Uh, it, um. 
that's one I've been meaning. I'm probably going to check out here this week is the the Twin Peaks movie Fire Walk with Me. Uh, that's one that I'm really excited to watch. Uh, but I'm I'm glad because a lot of people I've talked to several people who are now watching Twin Peaks because of the uh, uh, the coronavirus stuff that's going on. They now have time to actually check out Twin Peaks. If you have if you have never seen Twin Peaks, I am going to highly, highly, highly recommend you check it out. It's one of my favorite television shows. Um uh, at least the first season um it's one of those it it had a really rough second season and then it didn't quite fade into obscurity um because it's been brought back for a movie and then a revival series since then uh but that original first season uh, i've seen the first two seasons and that's pretty much it but that original first season is so good um and oh, yeah. and so i would really that that's that's uh, almost at the top of my recommended list well, yeah, the, I mean, I, I went into it kind of, I knew it was about a murder, right? and then I knew it was about a weird town, and that was kind of the extent of it, and I, I think going into Twin Peaks almost completely blind is something that I'm very happy I did, um, because it's it's so wonderful, and it is, it's very bizarre and surreal, it's David Lynch, um, it's but once very... you kind of move past that, it's very David Lynchian. And, yeah, it's very David Lynchian. But the thing that I've noticed about it, and I've only just started the second uh, series, but it's got a lot of heart to it, which I really respect. Because you wouldn't, I mean, the first series more so than the second, because I haven't watched the second yet. It's 20 episodes, and I'm trying to watch it with other people, so it's kind of a long process. But um, with the first series, you can really feel the heart in the camera work, the acting, the soundtrack is beautiful. Um, I, I'm pleasantly surprised by that. It's a lot. It's weird. It's orchestral, but it's also jazz, and it's it's just amazing. Um, I I I know that the second series takes a dip because David Lynch left at one point, but I also I've also heard the end of it is one of the most incredible things some people have ever seen. Yes, the end of so that that's that's the big thing. I, I when I talk about um, when I talk about this, I tell people the first season is incredible, but I never tell people to just watch the first season and skip the second because you have to see the way the second season ends. The ending of the second season is so good. It makes cuz the second season does it has a really big dip in quality uh in writing and acting like all across the board. It takes a dip, but then it kind of ramps up as the season goes on in a way that's really neat. Um and as the season goes on like it starts low and and really has a pretty solid ramp up in terms of enjoyment and and even like like you know uh, how how hooked you are watching it and the ending is just so great and so that's another thing like like i always like i never recommend skipping the second season ever because it's it is you you're not going to regret watching any of twin peaks uh now once again this is for the original run of the series because even even the second season and apparently the story goes as it was airing on tv a lot of people quit watching at the beginning of the second season. Um, the ratings just dipped because uh, because that because of that quality drop, and then it ramped up towards the end. And the end of the season is is really good, uh, but people just kind of quit watching there at the beginning. So that's what led to the show's eventual cance- cancellation. But it, it, that that's one. Like I said, it's pretty much at the top of my recommended list uh in terms of tv shows um one movie and we've talked about it a lot on the podcast um one movie that i i would say is at the top of my recommended list and if you still haven't seen it i'm going to recommend it one more time and i say one more as if i'm not going to do it again but josh I think, <laughs> we're going to do this every single time <laughs> we're going to talk about it every single podcast and i josh I, i'm sure you can guess already what this movie is um yeah, I know what it is because I watched it with my mum the other day because she hadn't seen it in ages and she wants to watch uh, its sequel. I feel like, oh, wait, we're talking about two very different movies here. Well, Same director, though. Right, right. Just, okay, so I was talking about Knives Out and you were talking about Last Jedi. Um, exactly. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, I, I just wanted to mention Knives Out again just because um, if yeah. you still no, haven't Knives seen it... Is, is, 
it's so beautiful. It is so beautiful. If you still haven't seen it, get around to watching it. You can rent it. You can buy it. Whatever. You're not going to regret buying it. Um, I think it's topped because uh, I've seen it uh, more now. Um, I finally got around to watching it a few more times. Um, and I'm pretty sure because it, it's got it's got great rewatch value. I do want to say that even um, if you know how it ends, the rewatch value of Knives Out is is still great. Um, because uh, it's one of the movies that when you watch it, you notice just different things every single time, like background, the layout, the cinematography, the music, everything stands out to you more and more the more you watch it. And it's just beautiful. I've seen it now three times. Um, and every time something I've noticed something new, something different, and, and I've gotten more and more joy, enjoyment out of it every time. It's an all-star cast. It's an all-star director. Uh, and I'm pretty sure it's my favorite movie of all time. So if you have not seen Knives Out yet, you've got the time. Do it now. Like, watch watch that movie. It's, it's so good. Uh, I just, I love it so much because it's not just... Um, it's not just the, this, it's fun, right? Like a lot of these movies that are, are, are talked about the way that Knives Out is are good and they're really good, but they're no fun to sit through. Like, uh, they're they're all very dramatic. Like the, the Godfather 2, Shawshank Redemption, like they're all very, they're really, really, really good films, and I'd recommend every one of them. But they're also they're very melodramatic. They're very serious. They're very like the duality of man. How what what is a man? What makes a man's family? Whatever. Knives Out is just joking about dead people. Right. I mean, you've got you've got your movies like um, like The Lighthouse, which is great. But I can't. I I will probably never be able to sit through and watch The Lighthouse again. Because it is, it's just that heavy of a movie. I can watch Knives Out over and over and over because it is so much fun. Um, and I just, I can't, I can't go through without recommending Knives Out because uh, anytime we ever have a movie discussion from here on out, Knives Out will probably pop up <laughs> because it's, it is, it's just such a fun uh, enjoyable and if you and I wish it's it's one of those I wish I could go back in time and watch for the first time you know um, I genuinely oh, yeah. do I, I wish I remember I still remember seeing it for the first time and it's, it's kind of rare for me in that aspect like a lot of movies my theater experience blends into the same thing of go popcorn sit watch leave but the two films in recent memory that made me stand like stand out in my mind in terms of I can recall almost every detail Knives Out and Avengers Endgame right uh, I I would agree yeah and, and the thing about Knives Out um, is it is it's a murder mystery and so now I know I know the whodunit in, in, in this movie but it's still fun like it's still enjoyable um, and it's still it, it, it has become to me a classic instantly I mean, it's an instant classic. I think this is a movie that I'm going to take with me and I'm going to tell people about forever um, because it is genuinely one of my favorite movies ever. And I love Ryan Johnson as a filmmaker and I can't wait to see what he I, he he is. He is a director who I will follow forever um, for the rest of my life. I mean, he's he's going to be a guy who I'm going to see every movie that he has when it comes out and I, I can't wait. Cause I, I love looper too. I don't know how you feel about looper, but I love it. I, I, I watched it pretty recently. Uh, I think the end of last year for the first time. And I, I was very pleasantly surprised cause I, I've heard a lot about looper, but a lot of what I heard was kind of hit or miss. And it was, it was very much a hit for me. Right. Uh, I, I think Looper is it, almost... It takes some liberties. It takes some liberties with like the time travel, but any anything that has time travel is going to have to take liberties because right. there's so much like super science behind it that I don't think anyone can really understand. Uh, time travel has to take place kind of in its own... Um, you, If you're making a movie about time travel, you have to make up the rules for time travel in that in the context of that movie. Um, like you can't, the, the context for your time travel has to be within that movie. I mean, that's what Endgame did. I mean, Avengers Endgame made up its own rules for time travel. Um, 
And Looper is another one of those that I just think would be so great. I want to see um, Ryan Johnson direct. I would really like to see him direct uh, a comic book movie. Um, I want to see his Star Wars trilogy. I want to see his episode of The Mandalorian. I want to see... Um, I just can't wait to see this guy's kind of filmography. I hope Knives Out gives him a good platform to expand from uh, because I really like him as a filmmaker and I really like his style. Uh, I think he's got, um, especially maybe just make more mystery movies because I, I hope, like I said, I really, really love. I want to see more Blanc. Just right. Give me, give me Ryan Johnson, Daniel Craig any day of the week. Yes, yeah, and apparently that's happening, so that's really exciting. Um, is there anything else? Are there any other movies or even TV shows that you've seen uh, you want to talk about? Uh, we haven't mentioned Tiger King at all, but I don't know that there's anything no, about Tiger King we can say that hasn't been said already. It's really interesting. Yeah. It's not what you expect. Watch it if you haven't. Um, it's very insane. It's a big meme. Uh, <laughs> right. Nobody... Don't, don't be worried. People, are, people forget how horrid every single person is in it not just one particular person that a lot of people are latching on to right it's not uh joe exotic is not a good man don't don't yeah don't, don't forget that just just because you may hate carol baskin because she may or may not have killed her husband which she almost probably definitely did for legal reasons i'm not accusing her but you can't forget that joe also shot and killed animals he abuses animals there are a lot of reports of him abusing his animals and he is an equally horrid person i mean every yeah everybody in that series is is horrible even the good guys um so <laughs> don't be one of those people <laughs> who doesn't think so uh i don't know what else um, <laughs> um i've been watching house i've been re-watching house i should say uh house is still a great series which if you've never seen you should uh it's it's kind of inspired by the works of sherlock holmes but he's a doctor who's also a bit of a, an addict to people but it's all it's all funny it's got some very good like character arcs every character is good every episode's kind of the same but the writing keeps it just fresh enough to keep you watching uh it's medical mystery stuff but it's still very good uh, you said you've said that you've been watching Community recently. Yes. Well, I okay. So I haven't, but I uh, I I almost have. Pr- pretty much is how it's gone. I watched the first season. Um, I'm actually rewatching Scrubs, but I took a break about halfway through Scrubs to watch the first season of Community because uh, and these are if you'll notice these are both two shows where the cast has gotten together to do a podcast. That has nothing to do with the fact that I'm watching them, I promise. Um, but <laughs> they're both... Uh, community is so good. Uh, it, that's the, maybe one of my favorite comedies. I don't know. It's so it's so well-written. Um, and it there's so much heart in, in Community uh, because it really does feel like this, this show where the creators wanted to make something, but they wanted to make something for fans of the show. Like you can, you can tell like with a lot of shows, they're great, but it's, you can tell they're made for mass audiences with community. By the time they get into their second season, half of the show is inside jokes. Um, and it's so good. It's, it's great. It's, you got to check it out for sure. Yeah. I mean, community and scrubs both hold up incredibly, incredibly well. And they're easily two of my, just, I think probably favorite series ever. Um, they, they really are wonderful. They're wholesome. But they're, they're so funny. They're so funny. <laughs> Scrubs holds up way better than it should. Um, yeah, it really does. Because it, it, um, it's. I, mean, oh, I think it's also just worth mentioning that if you didn't know, Community is pretty much written and directed by the Russo brothers who made Avengers, Endgame, and Infinity War, and the best capped films, and was also created by Dan Harmon, the man who made Rick and Morty. So it's got a very good creative team behind it. And let's see, Joe McHale, um, I guess he plays sort of the main character, but Donald Glover uh, is in it. Um, uh, Mike from Breaking Bad, Alison Brie. uh, Yeah, tons of great, uh, great minds behind this show. Um, 
it is it's really good uh and and like i said it it's got this feeling of like you feel like you're in on an inside joke when when you're watching it genuinely you you feel like um especially after like the first season it's 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 all an inside joke and you feel like you feel like you're in on it you know and, and so that's that's really fun um, and I don't know that I've had another TV watching experience like that short of maybe, um, the second season of Arrested Development. Um, uh, but oh, great show. <laughs> yes, it, it, but that's another one. It's got that same kind of feel where it's like half of this is inside jokes. And then, yeah, I mean, half, half the series is just a running joke. Um, and it's it doesn't even shy away from that fact. It like adds into it because it adds running jokes to its running jokes. Right, and that's what and Community does that exact same thing. Arrested Development has one good season of that, whereas Community has like three. So they're they're both great shows, but and they both do that exact same thing. And and that's that that's pretty fun. I'm trying to think of anything else that I've been watching. Um, I haven't. Uh, uh, I rewatched. I rewatched. Uh, I rewatched the Sherlock Holmes films, the the Guy Ritchie ones. They're they're fantastic. Um, and they, I mean, if you haven't seen them, I absolutely recommend them. They're funny. They've got really good action scenes in a way that kind of I would say almost revolutionised both slow motion and fight scenes. For <laughs> for better or for worse. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I it's probably my favourite adaptation. Um, I do like the series, but the series kind of gets bogged down a good bit. Um, but, you know, if you haven't watched those, I absolutely recommend them. They also have a very good finale. And there might be a third one, but that's been in development hell for close to a decade now. Yeah, apparently it's... Um, there was some stuff before all this coronavirus came out that, that the third one had apparently moved a little further into production. But I don't know if I if I buy that. Um, cause they've been saying that for years, so I don't, I don't know. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, those, those movies are very good. Um, I've watched, uh, a movie the other day, uh, called Sir Billy. I don't know if you've heard about it. <laughs> oh my God. No, that's, uh, we are going to do some more of these, um, uh, some more of the commentary tracks. Uh, hope you guys are liking those. Um, they're very fun to make. I don't know how fun they are to listen to, but they're a whole lot of fun to actually, actually make. So yeah, no, they really are. Especially when we get an extra guest in, so we don't have to just talk to each other more. Right, right, right. I, I talk to Dalton a lot already, and it's uh, he keeps on wanting to watch Sir Billy, and I can't push him off. I really, I really, really want to watch Sir Billy. You know, we should, um, uh, we should have. Uh, Justin on for for I don't know if I could put up with his voice for that long, but we should definitely have him on for a. <laughs> we should have Ben Shapiro on, yeah. Yeah, perfect. Um, but yeah, I, I I don't know that I've watched anything else. Um, I finally got around to watching Good Time with Robert Pattinson, which was good, but we already talked about Pattinson. Uh oh, Clone Wars came out. I still haven't seen it. Um, but the rest of that came out. And so that, um, I, I, I don't, I think I'm holding out on watching it for something. I don't know what for yet, but, uh, there's a reason I haven't I, well, seen I'm it. I'm going to, I've still got essays to finish for university. Uh, the final one is due in, in about a week's time. Uh, so in a week I would have officially handed in my last ever essay for university, which is a daunting prospect that I don't particularly want to face. But once I get that out of the way, I, I'll probably binge Clone Wars because it's something I want to watch and actively pay attention to. I don't want to just have it on the background where I know it'll just get lost. Um, but yeah, that's that's apparently phenomenal. Uh, I know they, there's a fight that they motion captured it for with Darth Maul and they, they used Ray Park from mocap for the fight and I've seen a bit of it and it is it's, it's possibly one of the best sequences in the entire franchise including the movies awesome yeah i can't wait that's that's one that i that's another movie that i rewatched i rewatched um i mean you were talking about this recently um about just kind of all the star wars and how they hold up and um i'm of the belief that there are uh two really really good star wars movies and then maybe four or five uh, pretty good star wars movies 
and then the rest of them are 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 so so um so i've come to the conclusion that i don't think i'm really a star wars fan i like the idea of star wars but i only like a few of the movies but anyway i, re- I rewatched a new hope recently um and despite the the pacing issues that that movie has which once again are are, are very much a product of its time um it, it was enjoyable i haven't seen it in a few years i used to do a thing where i would watch um i'd watch the original trilogy uh, about once a year uh like once every year i would watch it but i just kind of that got to be a little much so i haven't seen it in a few years and i finally sat down and watched uh new hope again and it's it's good it's it's fun um i still stand by the fact that star wars wouldn't be what it is today without empire um i think empire is the movie that really launched star wars i don't think that it was the original i think the whole series would have faded into obscurity if empire wasn't as phenomenal of a movie as it was but um yeah that's a lot of fun it's severely underrated both as a filmmaker and as an influence in modern cinema and i I will never stop saying his name completely wrong i think irvin kershner did deserves all of the credit for star wars i and i know that's a controversial thing to say but i think irvin kershner deserves more credit for especially what we think star wars is today than because um, a whole lot of what we think about Star Wars comes from Empire. It doesn't come from New Hope. I mean, even like the Imperial March, right? Like the Imperial March wasn't introduced until Empire. Uh, using the Force to move and pick things up wasn't introduced until Empire. Like uh, really good lightsaber battles, not, in, not introduced until Empire. Uh, like all of these super iconic things about Star Wars were not introduced until Empire Strikes Back. And so it's, I think, the person who deserves the majority of credit for that it should be the director of that movie because he's the one who really made Star Wars what it is today. But that's another one. If you uh, if you want to rewatch Empire Strikes Back, you should. It's so good. It, and it holds up. It, it holds up better than, I think, any movie of that era. You know? I mean, I don't know how many 40-year-old movies hold up as good as Empire Strikes Back. Indiana Jones and Raiders of the Lost Ark. Uh, Raiders is is pretty good. It, it's it's got the same thing oh, that. Lost Crusade is the best one because Sir Billy's in it, yeah. Right, Sir Billy is in. Uh, Sir Billy is actually the sequel <laughs> to that movie. Um, I think all the all the Indiana Sir Jones Billy's movies. It's going to be the new Ishtar, isn't it? Uh, yes. No. 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 Because no, it doesn't have that clever trailer music. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, uh, all the Indiana Jones movies, I think are pretty much the same quality wise and you can't convince me otherwise. And, uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark is good, but it still has that same pacing issue that I think, um, the original Star Wars has. I think they fall into the same category, but that's just me. Uh, people are going to, yeah. people are going to boycott this podcast now because of that statement. <laughs> you need to call Ray and Mary Sue. Right. Oh, yes. Yeah. Raise a Mary Sue. Even though I just think when you even if you watch New Hope, even if you watch the prequels, I mean, because it's really a lot of the original trilogy people, the the fans of those uh, are a little more forgiving of the sequels, um, or at least from my experience, uh, it's the prequel fans who really have a problem with the sequels, which I find very interesting. Mainly because a lot of the the people who are just fans of the original trilogy are too old to care about <laughs> about the new movies. Um, but it's so I interesting. I do like that every time we start a film discussion, it like, devolves into us trying to defend The Last Jedi. <laughs> that's, that's what I was getting at. <laughs> that's actually exactly where I was going was to The Last Jedi. <laughs> but I was going to say, like, like if you look at, at, at Rey and her character, it very much mirrors Luke Skywalker's character. Um, and people say like, like, yeah, well, Ray never had to train and, and, and Luke Skywalker, uh, he had to train with Yoda before he was able to really use the force. But it's like, he, he really didn't. I mean, if you, the ending of new hope is him using the force to redirect a laser beam into a hole, uh, you know, the size of my fist and blow up the death star. Like that's the end of the movie. And then at the beginning of the next movie, he's already using the force to like, pick stuff up and like guide him and all that kind of stuff. So it's really not, 
it's not that big of a stretch to assume. And in fact, the ironically enough, the worst, the thing where it's the most unbelievable that Ray has developed that far in her powers is in rise of Skywalker. Uh, cause at the beginning of rise of Skywalker, she's like, I've never seen Jedi do as much as she's doing. Like she's like meditating in midair and I don't know. It's crazy. Um, she can basically fly. Like it, it reminds me of the Henry Cavill Superman thing. The rise of Skywalker commentary track coming at you soon. I've thought about it. I really want to do a last Jedi commentary track or at least, uh, uh I mean an in-depth, um, movie discussion on it. Like where we watch it and take notes. Um, because yeah, we haven't yeah. done that yet. Yeah, we should. Uh, but I think that probably concludes every movie and show we've watched. I, I've been playing a few games, but uh, I've been trying to find something to satisfy this like, craving inside of me. And I think I've realized what it is, is I want to play Assassin's Creed Origins and Odyssey, but I can't because I'm waiting on a body of mine to finish university before I do that because we've decided that we're going to start at the same time kind of go through it together. Uh, and so I'm just kind of... <laughs> I'm trying waiting for the day that I can start those and quit postponing it through Hitman 2 or whatever game I'm playing today. Uh, yeah, so what all have you been playing? Uh, Hitman. Okay, so like I said, Hitman 2. Um, I keep on just downloading stuff and then deleting it almost the day after. I did that with Skyrim. Um, I tried to get back into Skyrim. I tried to get back into the Fallout. Uh, Borderlands 2, which is my favorite Probably my favorite game of all time. It's the certain game that I end up replaying the most. And it's the game that I'd recommend to just about anybody. And it's also why I, I'm so disappointed in Borderlands 3. Because I've, I've been looking forward to that game for so long. And it's probably on me to build up my expectations a bit too high. But that's a discussion for another day. Probably with another person. <laughs> but, uh, I mean... Pretty much, it's just been Assassin's Creed, and I know we uh, we've been talking with our friends about Assassin's Creed a lot. And Donald's never played an Assassin's Creed, so he just kind of falls into the background to ignore it all. Well, I'm a big. It's a series I I want to check out a lot because I don't play all that many games, but I'm a really big history buff. Um, history was always my favorite subject in school, and I'm. Uh, in, in a really roundabout way, I'm kind of going into history as like a career and I'll, I'll leave that there. But, um, uh, so that's what, that's the part of it I'm excited about. Um, which ironically enough is the part that a lot of our buddies think is like the worst part of the game. So I, I, I don't know. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. I, that's the part I'm most excited for is the history stuff. Yeah. Uh, I think you especially like Assassin's Creed one, because again, it, it takes place in Acre. At the Siege of Acre specifically, uh, you meet King Richard Reinhardt at one point. It's it's very good. I, the Assassin's Creed series in general is it has a special place in my heart, despite the fact that I've never finished two of the games. But it's always there's something about it that keeps me coming back every single year, no matter what. I've never seen the film though, the the Michael Fassbender one. I've used the suit for uh, Photoshop stuff, but I've also never seen the movie. Um, I don't, I don't, I'm sure it wasn't good. It's a video game movie, but I don't, I don't actually know. Um, I, I remember a lot of people were really annoyed because they, well, there's not a lot of, from what I can remember, people complaining there wasn't a lot of like past stuff and it was mostly just Michael Fassbender training in a facility. And also when they released the trailer, they used Kanye West as like the music over the top of it. And a lot of people were like, that doesn't really give me Assassin's Creed vibes. Because right. you're looking at this very old Middle Eastern sort of landscape where it's all sort of made out of sand and rock. And you've got like, I can't remember what the song was, but you got like Black Skinhead or something playing over the top of it. <laughs> I don't remember. So when did it take place, the movie? I know it got an 18% on Rotten Tomatoes because I just looked that up. And I, I, I literally can't, there aren't any reviews on the website about it. Like all I see is the tomato meter where it's got an 18% and a 43% audience score. Um, I, I remember they skipped out on making a game that year because they were so like dedicated to making that movie a success. Oh you know what we need to do? We need to stop talking about it and just do a commentary track over the Assassin's Creed movie. That way, not only can okay, we okay. watch it, but we can introduce a lot of new people to it. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, it takes place in 15th century Spain. Gotcha. Okay. All right, let's do it. Well, that'll be, and this is where we'll end, I guess, this episode of the podcast. Um, unless you have any other games you want to talk about real quick. Um, no, not particularly. Uh, I, there's an, there's the new consoles coming out this holiday, which I think it's exciting to see. I'll be getting an Xbox. Um, at least at first I do. At some point I'll probably pick up a PS5. But, uh, I mean, either way, both consoles look very promising. I'm very excited to see the new generation of games. The, the console, the thing that people tend to forget is the skip. Like, so from PS2 to PS3 and the Xbox to the Xbox 360, and then those consoles to the Xbox One and PS4, so forth and so on. That, the brief gap where they just released a new console is always the roughest part. There's always a lot of turbulence in the games because you, you want to try and make stuff that can both play on both systems but also give unique settings to one of the systems to get people to buy it more and so it's always a bit rocky in terms of the quality of the games especially since a lot of them now are visually based so they just kind of up the graphics and call that like game of the year or whatever but um I, i'm very excited to see what comes out of those and until they release any new games this year, I can't really do much but replay Borderlands 2 and Assassin's Creed. And Minecraft. <laughs> and Minecraft. Uh, okay, so yeah, so I guess, so we're announcing that here. And it may be that, I, I, I don't know, I don't want to announce anything yet, but we are going to at some point do a commentary track for the Assassin's Creed movie from 2016. Um, I'm sorry, it's not called, a, we're not calling it commentary tracks anymore, are we? We're calling it... Uh, the semi-pro film show. We're going to do an episode of the semi-pro film show based off of the Assassin's Creed movie. Um, and we may have a sequel to our last semi-pro film show. Don't know yet. Uh, but this has been real fun. We're happy to kind of get back into the saddle of doing normal podcast episodes. Uh, it's been like two months since we've had a normal episode, but, uh, it's been a neat little catch up. We'll try to think of something to talk about next time. Uh, thank you for taking a little chunk out of your day to listen to us ramble on about stuff that really doesn't matter. Uh, Josh, tell them where they can follow us. Well, you can follow me on Instagram at BritEdit and you can follow Dalton at Bout Digital. And if you're if you're a Twitter person rather than an Instagram guy, then you can find us at Josh and Dalton on Twitter. Yeah, and there's yeah. a uh, there's a phone number you can call and leave a message, but I don't remember the number, so I'm just gonna skip that part <laughs> of the outro. And we will see you on the next episode of Semi Pro. Yeah.